I missed it, the podcast where we watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan and I missed it. And I'm Brittany and I didn't. And this is Buffy Season 3, Episode 4, Beauty and the Beasts. Oz becomes the prime suspect when a series of animal-like attacks occur in Sunnydale. I predicted this. You did. Because when they bring up werewolves in one episode, it means we're going to deal with it in the next That's called Consequences and Through Lines, which other stories follow. Yes, generally. So good job, Buffy, for actually having Consequences and Through Lines. Yep. Although it seems like that might be a little bit better with all of the mayor stuff and the foreshadowing and all of that. They're actually doing it now. Yeah, and they're not not super great about bringing their big bad in until like halfway through the season. (laughs) Yeah, but we'll get there. We will get there. I didn't really find this episode anything special. I gave it a seven. Gotcha. I liked it better than I thought, or than I liked it better than I remember liking it. I have an eight and a half. Gotcha. IMDb gives it a 7.7. So you liked it better than you remembered it. So how well did you remember it? I mean, I remembered it pretty well, like while watching it, but I couldn't have told you what happened just from the description and from 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 trying to remember. Yeah. I do remember Xander falling asleep while watching Wolf Oz at the beginning. Yeah, that happened. And then Giles got super mad. And I'm sitting here going, that's that's not who should be getting mad. Mm -hmm. Willow should be mad. Mm -hmm. Because she she trusted Xander and Xander screwed up. Yeah, I also... Why is Giles so mad? I understand Giles gets mad because... There's enough bad things in Sunnydale that they don't need to contribute to them. Right. And Xander screwed up. But yeah. Giles was so mad. Right. And I had a, a question of why is Giles so mad at Xander for falling asleep, but not at Buffy for falling asleep. Yeah. He doesn't. He gives Buffy a pass. Right. Like, he doesn't even say anything about it. No. Nothing. <laughs> like, he even, like, has a second where he's going to walk away and leave her to sleep. Yeah. I didn't confused. get it. It was a confusing. It felt like... Choices being made for characters just because they needed certain story beats. Right. Not because it made sense for the character. Which yeah. is, it's, it's not great. Come on. We know these characters at this point. Don't do out of character things. Speaking of out of character things, why did Giles have tea in a styrofoam cup? I didn't even know Giles doesn't that. drink out of styrofoam cups. Especially tea. No, I don't know. Maybe he had to stop at a coffee place, and that's what they gave him. Maybe. I imagine he has a full setup in his office. You this just is how I, I don't know. picture it. I didn't but, even notice. Yes, Giles was drinking tea out of styrofoam cup right after he woke Buffy up. He had a styrofoam oh. cup. Very clearly had nothing in it, but just threw me off. It made me lose focus on that very good scene. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was drinking tea out of a styrofoam cup. Gotcha. I didn't even notice. Uh, the werewolf costume, whatever, is different. It is different. It's way better. Yes. It's so much better. It is. And that's what it looks like throughout the rest of the series, from what I remember. Yeah. It's still different than other werewolves. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like they started with a gorilla suit 
and then went mm-hmm. to town on it mm-hmm. because it's clearly a suit. Yeah. Like, it's not special effects or CGI or really effects makeup. They do to the face, but it's only the face. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not even the whole head. Mm-mm. Everything else is the suit. And there, that is not Seth Green in that suit. No, it's too big. Which is funny because once they show full body shots of him, of the werewolf later, like yeah. actually fighting, not that big of a werewolf. No. But it's but not it's, Seth Green. But it's bigger than Seth Green because Seth Green is not a large human. No. They he, just. <laughs> he is uh, eye level with Willow, so. Yeah. yeah. I think they just wanted someone that was slightly bigger than Seth Green, but not, like, huge. Yeah, it makes sense that when you go werewolf, you mm-hmm. get bigger. But yeah. you can only get so much bigger. Yeah, well, because it reminds me of, um, in Charmed, there is a character who turns into a demon, and the char- the actor who plays the character and the actor who plays the demon are two different people. Gotcha. So it's like... Because you need that physical difference. Yes. And, yeah. like, Julian McMahon is a tall person. And he, he plays the character, but the demon is probably around the same height, maybe a little bit taller, but, like, broader and bigger. Gotcha. But it's not the same and not the same person. I remember that everybody thinks that Oz killed somebody because somebody was mauled. Mm-hmm. By what they assume is an animal. Yep. And they uh, eventually go to the morgue to look at it. And I was confused. I was thrown off because Willow does the checking and everything and gets her results or whatever and then passes out. Yeah. I assumed that the body was putting off an odor of some kind and it knocked her out. And like that was what they were going to follow to find whoever did the killing. Oh. Because it was very random that she just passed out. I think it was that she was in the, like, the scientist mode of getting all of the results and the information, and once she dropped that, it was gross that she passed out. Yeah, I agree. That's what I see now, having finished the episode. Yeah. I assumed it was going to be something that knocked her out, and that they would follow that trail and eventually find Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, in the moment, I didn't know that it was, you know, somebody who had made something to make himself different, but that would have actually followed the science angle if like yeah. there had been an odor to the thing and it knocked her out and it led to science stuff and they figured it out. That was kind of where I expected it to go and then it didn't happen. And then at the end, that's what it was. I'm like, missed opportunity. Right. Like let Willow show off, especially since it's about Oz. Yeah. That brings us to our angel sighting. Mm-hmm. Thirteen and a half minutes in, Angel is running through the woods, and he and Buffy get in a fight because they have to That's contractually weird. obligated. Yeah, the fight was weird. Yes, because Angel wasn't trying to fight. Angel was trying to get away, but he continued to like punch her. I guess I d- I didn't see him trying to get away. I saw him fighting her. Oh, see, I I saw the feral mindset said run away run away run away and then buffy caught him and then the feral mindset is 
beat her so she can't chase me and then continue running. Right. That makes sense. You saying that makes sense. I just, that's not what I got when I watched it. Gotcha. It wasn't very clear. No. The choreography for it did not serve storytelling very well. Yeah. And I think that's a good example of when we talk about, you know, a fight should tell a story. This is a good example of this doesn't tell us anything. We didn't learn anything from it. It didn't didn't need to happen. It was really random, and Buffy saw him, it cut, and it went to commercial, and then it came back to them fighting, and then it went away just as quickly. Mm -hmm. And then she went home, got some chains, went back, and chained him up. Right. I don't know. I was confused. Buffy doesn't have a car. Right. But she does have chains in her toy chest. Right. I mean, that makes sense that she would have something like that. Right. I'm sure that when she met Giles, he's given her a bunch of stuff and that it makes sense. Yeah. Um, He does have a duffel bag filled with weapons. Yes. I don't know. The whole fight thing didn't make sense. Nope. But her chaining him up afterward makes sense. But I don't know. But I guess she, she punched him so hard it knocked him out long enough for her to run home, get chains, run back, and he was still knocked out, she could chain him up, and then he woke up. Right. Whew, good thing. Right. Convenience. It's almost like someone wrote it that way. Yeah. Crazy. So, Nicholas Brendan is ripped. Nicholas Brendan? uh, Xander? Xander, yeah. Probably. When do they show that? They didn't really. He was just in tighter clothes at the beginning because oh. he was in his pajamas watching yeah. Oz. Oswolf? Where Oz? Where Oz? Watching the Where Oz. Yeah. And he just had tighter clothing and you could see it, like his arms and his chest particularly. Like he is ripped. Right. And they have to put him in clothes that don't show that. Right. Because that's not the character he's supposed to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just noticed. I was like, oh man. Okay, good. You can... You're, okay, we'll get to that eventually, I'm sure. Right. Eventually and, they'll put that to use. And the fact that you're mentioning it now means that he spent the summer yeah. <laughs> working out because um, he was on the swim team at the end of season two. Yeah. And, like, he he's physically fit. Like, he's looked fine, but I didn't didn't even, like, pay attention to yeah. that. Yeah, but nothing, like, out of the ordinary for a TV star. Yeah. He looked well, like a normal person. Well, normal person for TV. Yes. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, normal normal person on TV. Yeah, he didn't look like Captain America. No. <laughs> Nobody looks like Captain America. Chris Evans doesn't even look like Captain America. <laughs> no. That's what computers are for. Yes. That reminds me of the specific scene in one of the Captain America movies where he's, like, moving the, like helicopter or something oh, trying he, to stop it and when his, he does a bicep curl and his with a helicopter yeah. and the vein in his bicep looks like it's gonna explode. explode yeah the bicep curl to save the world yeah that's basically what it is it's great it's wonderful it's so captain america and so comic book that moment i love it yes i love it anyway we can talk about marvel because of joss whedon so thanks yeah it all connects <laughs> oh gosh to see chris evans play a vampire anyway
side character shout out. Uh, I'm sure we have the same side character to shout out here. Mr. Platt, the counselor, played by the one and only... Phil Lewis, who I one million percent remember Mr. Platt. Completely remember him. Remember his ending very vividly. Could not have told you that it was Phil Lewis. I was so sad. Mm -hmm. He had that heart-to-heart with Buffy, and it was good, and it was great, and... I kept waiting for the shoe to drop for him to do something bad or mm-hmm. whatever in turn, and it never happened. And the conversation ended, and I had two thoughts simultaneously. The first was, that was really, really well done. And the second one is, oh, he's so dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phil Lewis is of Mr. Mister uh, Mosby. Mosby. That's yes. who Phil Lewis, Phil Lewis is. Phil Lewis is Mr. Mosby on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah. His most famous role. Yeah. Not really. He was also Dennis in Heathers, so there is that. Oh, I've never seen Heathers. We'll watch that eventually. Um, but he's the consummate professional. He's done, he's done a zillion different things. Mostly known for Mr. Mosby. Not even just on Sweet Life, just on Disney Channel. Because that oh, character... Yeah. W- traversed through different shows. Right. Doesn't he show up on Hannah Montana? I think so. And the Sweet Life spinoff. And I think... Sweet, the Sweet Life on deck. I didn't think he was in that one because it was on a cruise ship. I'm sure he shows up at some point. Probably. I, I vaguely remember that. And then, like, Sweet Life on deck introduced Debbie Ryan. Yeah. And then she went on to have her own show. Yeah. And then he showed up on that one. As Mr. Mosby. As Mr. Mosby. Like, it just kept going. Yeah. They were like, you... Are Mr. Mosby, and everyone loves to hate Mr. Mosby, so you are on everything. Right. He also was in uh, uh, Dad Napped. Great. With Emily Osment. Gotcha. And David. Uh, G- okay, maybe we should watch this movie. It's Emily Osment, David Henry, Jason Earls, Moises Arias, Denzel Whitaker, Phil Lewis. There's a lot of people in this movie. It's rated 4.9, so maybe not. It is a Disney <laughs> Channel original. So maybe we don't want to watch that movie, but... It sounded like a Disney Channel original. Or I was going to ask, did they just take a bunch of Disney stars and put them in a, like, R-rated movie? Phil Lewis also has a Mr. Mosby credit on That's So Raven. That's right. Yes. That's right. So, uh, other Phil Lewis credits include, um, he was on Yes, Dear, the TV show for six years. He was in Kicking and Screaming. Do you remember that movie? Yes. Yes, there is Michael Malley in it. Uh, Surviving Christmas. Elvis has left the building. He did show up on Friends. He showed up on How I Met Your Mother. He's the principal on Lizzie McGuire. You are absolutely right. He is the principal on Lizzie McGuire. Not Mr. Mosby, though. No. A variation thereof. Basically. It was, bef- it was a pretty sweet life. Yeah. He showed up on Allie McBeal. He showed up on Jag. Chicago Hope. Pacific Blue. His first credit was back in 1986. He played Parker Jones on an episode of Hill Street Blues, which was a cop show. Nice. And he has been working consistently for the past 35 years, which mm-hmm. is an amazing career. Yeah. I'd be curious to see how much he can do right now outside of Disney. Apparently he's moved from... A lot of acting. He still acts, obviously, but yeah. he's done a lot of TV directing. That's good. Over the last ten years or so. Oh my gosh! All right, this is what this episode is. This is the Phil Lewis fan cast directing episodes of Broke One Day at a Time, 
Indebted, The Big Show. Um, these are just twenty. That's just twenty twenty episodes of uh, The Neighbor, Carol's Second Act, Mr. Glacius, uh, Carol Second Man Act, Standing, Andy Tribeca. Carol's Second Act has Ashley Tisdale in it. Yeah, The Marlin Show, Marlin Wayne's The Marlin mm-hmm. Show. That one. Uh, Fuller House, Dr. Ken, Man with a Plan, The Odd Couple, Young and Hungry, multiple episodes over multiple years. That's the Emily Osmond show. Yeah, I liked Um, Young and Hungry. Disney Channel stuff. I think he showed up on that. He directed the reboot of Richie Rich. He directed a lot of episodes of that Jesse show. And that's just like, I'm only back to 2015 at this point. Gotcha. So like he's done a lot of TV directing since then gotcha i just be curious because i know as a if you're a child star on disney channel it's hard to break out of that yeah you've got to do something crazy yeah so i'm i would just be curious to see how much disney has their teeth sunk into him it looks like some enough that he goes back and does things for them gotcha because it, i mean their paychecks yeah and Plus, probably big paychecks yeah and for an entire generation of people he is one character yes i remember uh mr mosby uh from sweet life of zach and cody could not tell you the name of their mom i i mean i know i don't remember what her character's name is but i know what her name is. well it doesn't but you, you know what i mean like the yeah. character i could yeah i, I can picture her haircut and that's it yeah Right, like Kim, yeah, Kim Rhodes. She was on Supernatural, so ah, there you go. So, yeah, but like I couldn't tell you what her her name was. I don't remember. Yeah. So this has been the Phil Lewis fan cast. Oz floated an insane idea that just does not work and does not make sense. Okay. But apparently is a thing at Sunnydale High, the marching jazz band. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. I want to see it now. The playing is easy. It's the marching that's hard. (laughs) That was a really, really good bit. Such a good bit. It's improvisation, so we just kind of went everywhere. Yeah. Like, oh man, that's so good. That works on so many levels. The musician in me really appreciated yeah. that moment. I also really appreciated everyone else in that scene because he just went on, and everyone was like, "Yeah, a hundred percent." Yeah, that makes it's that makes so a lot cool. Of sense, <laughs> You're absolutely right. Like especially Debbie and Pete, because everybody else has been in. Like, I think Scott was the only one who hasn't been in multiple, who isn't like a series regular, but he's everyone. He's been here a couple of yeah, times, yeah. He's been there a while, a little bit. Not a while, a little bit. A couple episodes. And so I was just impressed with Debbie and Pete who were like, yep, it's totally on our script. Yep. I know what you're talking about. I was in that jazz band. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Uh huh. Whatever you say, Seth Green. <laughs> You're not even Oz right now. You're just Seth Green. Ah, he's so good. I think that's why I liked this episode a lot more than I remember. Is because I have a new... Not a new appreciation, but I have, like, a good appreciation of Oz and everything that Seth Green is doing on Buffy. So anytime he was on screen, I was like, you're gonna tell me something, and it might sound crazy, but everything you say is 100% genuine, and I believe you. It's very good. He's very good. 
and it's very specific, and they write his character well. Mm -hmm. A lot of the other characters use too much or too little slang, Mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't. He's he's right on for what his Mm -hmm. character should be. Everybody else, it's wildly vacillating from episode to episode. Yeah. One episode, Buffy only speaks in slang. The next episode, Willow speaks in slang. Like Xander does every once in a while, too. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Right. Or then Giles will go off on a tangent or whatever, and it won't make any sense because we don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. But it just swings wildly. But Oz mm-hmm. is very consistent, which mm-hmm. is good because the show needs it. Yeah. Right? The other thing that the show really needed, and I'm glad that she's still here, is Faith. Yeah. Oh my gosh, do they need her? Yeah. <laughs> Just for the dynamic of the group, because mm-hmm. none of them are adults. Right, and they're trying really hard to shift that this season so that they can go to college next season. Yeah. Like, they're working very hard, because I even made a note at the end that Sarah Michelle Geller looks like a grown-up at the end. Like, I don't know what it is. Very but briefly, the hair, y- the, yeah. the way they had her hair. I don't know. I, helps. like, looked at her, and I was like... She looks like a grown-up right now. Yeah. And I think that they're, they keep, they're going to, from what I remember and what I'm thinking is happening, is they're going to keep doing that. They're going to keep, like, intermittently putting her where she looks like a grown-up. Yeah. Or she talks like a grown-up. You have to do that. You have to really start ramping it yeah. up. Yeah. And I think, that actually, the best way that Faith does that is because she turns everything into an innuendo. Yeah. Right? But it's not like... Oh, you said screw, he, 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 mm-hmm. we're 14. It's not that. It's Mm-mm. like actual sex jokes. Yeah. Right? And like college student jokes, but like adult sex yeah. jokes. Mm-hmm. I'm not explaining myself well, but... She doesn't sound like a child. No, she doesn't sound like a child. She sounds like a grown person who thinks this is funny. Yeah. Right? And the rest of the group doesn't get it. And yeah. the adult in the group is Giles, who doesn't count. No, because he sounds more ridiculous making that. Exactly. Jokes. Yeah. So it's a breath of fresh air. It's very much needed. It'll push yeah. the group into the future. Yeah. And which it's. It's good to see that they're getting ready to set that up yeah. well in advance. Right. Something the show does not do. Yeah. And the only one that we know who has had sex and it's ended poorly was Buffy. Currently, right. nobody else has. That we're aware of. Yeah, that we're aware of. No. I mean, they even made a full Monty, half Monty joke at the beginning. Yeah. Which is a reference that does not hold off. No. I mean, I understood what they were saying, but, like, I don't know where that comes from. (laughs) I couldn't even tell you either. The full Monty, I don't know what that's from. I'm sure someone at home can tweet at us. (laughs) Tell us. Yeah. Please tweet at us and tell us (laughs) about the origin of the phrase, the full Monty. Yes. Willow had a Scooby-Doo lunchbox and it made me mad. I didn't. I didn't notice. I saw that in your notes and I was like, I don't remember that. I remember her lunchbox, but... The Scooby-Doo lunchbox, when she was investigating the dead body, the corpse, that's what she opened and whatever she Uh had in it. It was a Scooby-Doo lunchbox. It made me mad. And that's that. I think that's funny. (laughs) It is funny. It is very funny and it's it was good and they didn't mention it, which was nice. Like, they just kind of slipped it in there. Right. Good on you. Good job. Yeah. Still makes me mad. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite line? Buffy is talking about Mr. Platt 
And she says, he definitely marches to the beat of his own drummer. Actually, I think he makes his own drums. <laughs> that was good, and I didn't know what she meant. Because you could like mean like many different things. Like, yeah. Is he just nuts? Does he just live differently? Is he high all the time? Yeah. Like, whichever way you want to take that, you can take it. Yeah. I think it was he's different than everybody here. Which, like, everybody at the high school. Because she actually likes him. Yeah. We're doing crime here. You don't sneak up during crime. (laughs) Thank you, Xander. It's been a while since I've enjoyed your one-liner so much. Well done. so good. Well done. (laughs) That was one of the, like, what, three times that Cordelia showed up? Yeah. And made inappropriate comments. (laughs) Yep. They uh, brought that up at the end of the episode, though. When Cordelia... Stretch that, not Cordelia. When Charisma Carpenter says, <laughs> Whoa, I didn't know any of that. Where have I been all week? Yeah. It's like, oh, clearly you are doing something else this week. Clearly. Yeah. It makes me think that they start. They were doing, like, things for Angel. Maybe. Or maybe she had a guest spot on another show or... Yeah. Who knows? Because of how intermittently David Boreanaz has been in this. And then she hasn't been in this a lot. It makes me wonder if they were doing stuff for Angel. Like promos and yeah. a pilot and all that stuff. Yeah, because you always shoot your pilot way in, way advance. in advance. So mm-hmm. I'm sure throughout this, at least the first half of this season, I'm sure that they're out shooting a pilot. Yeah. Gosh, continuity on that's going to suck. Probably. But I know she's in the next episode, like all of it. Gotcha. So we get more next episode great <laughs> I have a I have a question about Angel okay so Angel came back from hell sure the demon dimension as yep. uh, Giles called it yep and uh, Giles and Buffy had a really good conversation a hypothetical conversation about would he be crazy if it take someone of extreme will and character all of this stuff and it was a really good scene a good conversation it's very distracting because the star from cup but they had this whole thing, and they talked it up and talked it up and talked it up. So if Angel came back from hell, yep. and he's basically this feral creature, like he can't speak, he doesn't know what's going on, he just kind of wants to rip everything to shreds. And he growls. And he growls, and he grunts, and he's all of this stuff, and like he's basically the werewolf. Yep. How did he remember that he needed to wear pants? <laughs> he was cold. Only the bottom half of him, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> because he was not wearing pants at the end of the last episode. No, maybe he went out sans pants and someone got mad. And so he realized he needed to put pants on. Yes. Doesn't know who Buffy is, but needs to wear knows he needs to wear pants. You know. It's on the WB and not HBO. So. <laughs> hell, hell took many things from him, but not his modesty. <laughs> Only angels. <laughs> not David Boreanaz's. <laughs> From what I understand, David Boreanaz liked to take all of his clothes off on set and walk around naked to throw everybody off. Um, I remembered all of that Pete and Debbie stuff. Which they did not explain until the very, very, very end. No. When Willow monologued it. Yeah. Because they were trying to do this... I don't even know how to explain it. Like, they were trying to explain a domestic violence situation and i don't think they wanted to explain what happened or him turning into a monster until the end because they wanted that to be more of the focus sure i guess i mean that's what it was it was 
a take on domestic violence, which in the 90s, I'm guessing, is big and probably one of the only things that had talked about it. Yeah, as far as an honest portrayal. Right. Right. Yeah, because she specifically says he does what he does because he loves me too much. Right. Like, everything she talks about was, it's my fault. Yeah. Everything. And then it's not even, like, a happy thing. Like, yes, he dies at the end because Angel kills him, but he kills her first. Yes. Which is... What they said would happen. Yes, and it's probably, like, the most honest of what can and probably seven out of ten times does happen. Yeah, somebody gets really, really hurt. Yeah. Uh, In this case, it's all very supernatural, so many people end up dead. Right. Four deaths in this episode? The two things that the the two people the monster killed, then Pete and Debbie. Yeah. That's four. Four Mm -hmm. in this episode. Yes. Yep. And technically, all done by a human. That's what they say at the end, that it was actual murder. That's what Cordelia says anyway. Like, it's actual person murder, is how, what she said. Well, angels. Right. I mean, Angel like... Angel killed Pete. Yes, Angel killed Pete. Apart from that, though. Like, yeah, it was people, not animals. But mm-hmm. it was a person who had monstrous... Tendencies. Tendencies. <laughs> Talked about domestic violence some for the nineties. They mm-hmm. also tried to normalize therapy. Yeah. A little bit, right? Mr. Platt was a great guy. Debbie talked bad about him because she didn't want Pete to do anything to him, which we discover later. Yeah. Right? Like she she talked bad about him. She didn't want because she didn't want Pete to be jealous, and then turns out Pete's gonna kill him because she he, she she's mad about it, so it's all bad. Yeah. Like, that's a whole spirally thing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, here's a counselor doing his job, yeah. apparently doing it well, even mm-hmm. though he smokes in his office. Yeah. He sprayed <laughs> uh, he sprayed some smell good after he smoked, so, you yeah. know. Um, but, yeah, they kind of tried to normalize therapy. They put Buffy in therapy. She didn't really want to do it. And then she had one session, and it was great. And then she wanted to go back. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that's huge for the 90s. I'm Yeah. I mean, it's big now. <laughs> yeah. It would have been bigger if it had been a male normalizing therapy. Yeah. Because women want to talk about their feelings is the stereotype. So it kind of leans into that a little bit to try to normalize it. Yeah. Which is fine. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. No. Um, But if, uh, like, if if Oz decides he needs to talk to someone, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. I liked that the counselor though was a male because most times in movies stereotypically the therapist is a female mm-hmm. so like that was and good. A, a black male yeah that's just huge huge especially since sunnydale has been very white yes and as mr trick pointed out yeah, last episode as mr trick pointed out yes we haven't really talked we talked briefly about pete killing mr platt but mr platt died pretty gruesomely yeah we didn't see it happen you did not see it happen you see the after effects and mm-hmm. it's a heck of a makeup job yeah Eric- same thing with the special effects on pete the makeup on yeah. pete when he turns into a monster also very well done yeah 
And then the uh, makeup job on the face of the werewolf is also very good. Yeah. And then Angel had a vamp face, but it looked different. Yeah. Which was interesting. So we'll see if they talk about that. They probably won't. Right. And I can't tell if it's because David Boreanaz kind of looks different. Like, it almost looks like he's lost weight in his face. A little bit, yeah. Hey, that's what hell does to you, apparently. Right. Can't take your modesty. No. (laughs) I did think that Werewolf Oz, Where Oz, as you call him. Where Oz? Yeah. Wherefore art thou Oz? (laughs) I thought he killed Pete. He did not, obviously. He did not kill Pete. No, Angel did. But I forgot until it happened. Once it happened, I remembered Buffy shoots Giles with the Trank gun. Yes, because uh, Debbie jumps in the way and yeah. knocks the gun askew. Giles did get shot with a trank dart. Yeah. It was great. It and was very wonderful. instant, too. <laughs> yes. Which was also good. You know that a scene is about to be really good when Anthony Stewart Head takes his glasses off. Yes. That's how you know that he is ready to go. It is time to up the acting game and let's get serious. Yeah. It's wonderful. And there's also an episode in season four, I want to say, where somebody makes a comment about him always taking his glasses off. Gotcha. Yeah. Because he does to make a point or to say something profound or when he has a revelation, and it's usually important and well done. Mm -hmm. But he also takes them off when he has a real conversation with someone, Yeah, which is very interesting. But it's a great thing for an actor to have like a little tick of, okay, if I do this, this is what this means. And you can mentally and physically go to another place, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can turn it up a notch, which is just so smart and i'm sure that's completely anthony stewart had doing that as a character choice like I'm sure. without question i'm sure because he knows what he's doing yeah i liked how when pete is fighting oz in the library and they break the table they break the table he he, he literally pete literally throws oz all over the place mm-hmm. and he has like no scratches on him like, no Which bruises. Doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. No. I was wondering if maybe he doesn't just because he's about to turn into a werewolf. Like, his body, like, starts to get, like... Entirely possible, but not explained. Harder. I don't know. Um, but then clouds cover everything and the sun goes down. <laughs> Apparently all the clouds come out when the sun goes down. And he says, you're too... Or, I, he doesn't say you're too late. He says something's changed i don't remember what he says but he says something to pete and then the camera just zooms in on his eye Ah, and then you see it change yes the transformation of oz into werewolf way better this time yeah we only saw it happen once yeah all the other times he was either already a werewolf or they cut away and then he was back to being a wolf yeah but yeah they zoomed in close up on his eye and then we just watched like a third of the face shift and then yeah. they zoom back out. Mm-hmm. Super effective way of doing that, especially when you know that your makeup job is your strongest part of mm-hmm. the costume. That's just good camera work. That that actually might go to the director. It might also go to um, the director of photography, the actual cameraman making gotcha. that decision. Yeah. So we'll shout both of those people out. Yeah. Yes, but it's it's really it was really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, And I know that later there are points where you see 
werewolf or were Oz go from being a werewolf to being Oz and like you see as much of his body as you, you can show on the mm. WB. Sure. Because he's naked when he's yeah. not yeah. a werewolf. But those those transitions are hard to do. Yeah. And I know they do it at least once. That brings us to our final segment of this episode. Ryan predicts poorly. I predict in the next episode, because it has been too long, all good things must end horribly. Scott going to die. You think Scott is going to die? It's been, it's already been three episodes. That's two episodes too many. Yeah. So, nice knowing you, Scott. That's pretty much it. He's going to die. R.I.P. Scott Hope, question mark. Yeah. He's been there too long. True. He's been there for a minute. Plus, and Angel's back. Plus, Angel's back, so the screen tag needs to go back there, and that's just kind of how it works, right? Like, you've bridged the gap, great. We need to get back to this other story now. Yeah. But, yeah, he he has to die. Everyone on Buffy dies. Yeah. Thanks for listening to I Missed It. You can find us on Twitter at I Missed It Pod or our network at ghostlightmedia.net. You can find all the other podcasts over there as well as our Patreon and our merch store. Go get a Spike Silla shirt because it's pretty pretty dope. I have a sweatshirt. It's nice. Yeah. And Spike has to come back eventually. So He does. Yes. It's a joke we'll keep making. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you listen to us on. Subscribe so you download our episodes. Yeah, subscribe. Well, this has been Buffy Season 3, Episode 4, Beauty and the Beasts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget, poker, not your game, Giles. No. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.